Attention parents and coaches. Do you wish you had a safe social media platform for your youth athletes? Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting with me here across the way is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Good to be here. Sounds like we got your mic fixed. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't have to... Just don't little... move. Won't touch it. Okay. Won't touch it. Good. So, um, welcome back. Uh, episode 10 of our sixth season here on the Bulldog Hour. That's crazy. And we once again get to discuss a Wilson Bulldog victory. Always fun. It is a lot of fun. It was a unique circumstance Friday evening. Yeah. Uh, as if 2020, yeah. you know, was already unique in its own right. The continuation of the major thing that has made it so different from years past, the um, global pandemic surrounded the cr- surrounding the coronavirus. Uh, the teams were limited as to how many people could be in the stands. And by people, I'm not talking about spectators. Right. <laughs> I'm talking mean, about players. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was Participants. Participants. I don't know how much it impacted the McCaskey team. I'm not sure they had um, that many players. Yeah, I don't, I I don't think know. they had in the 40s, which right. is about what Wilson was using on the sideline. But on the team itself, Wilson has around 75 uh, players. And when you add in coaches, trainers, everything important to a traveling, you know, 6A football team, usually it's about 105 people. And Wilson was limited to 65. So to make that work, they left a bunch of uh, backups, JV, underclassmen mostly, outside the fence. Yeah, yeah. They had, you know, basically the first squads and a couple guys to kind of fill in here and there. Um, for the first of each, you know, team. So like first team defense, first team offense, you know, and it's not as cut and dry as that. So there were some other guys there, um, that kind of rotate through and everyone else was kind of outside, not kind of, they were outside. So, yeah, I have pictures of them standing outside watching kind of longingly looking towards the game and And they can only see part of the of the field right and it was it was funny and i heard the coaches talking about this that you know in the third i think it was in the third quarter uh when wilson had really put it away running clock started they started cycling in the players they were rotating you know your starters would have to leave and they'd be yelling for a player right that they would basically exchange positions yeah it kind of like when you send a player into the game as they're telling guys to go out they're telling them who to send in like they're saying you know like send so-and-so in and the player runs out and they send someone back in like it it was unique unique and in the one case in the third quarter 
They were subbing a guy in who ran right on the field, didn't even stop on the sideline, you know, to wait. They were switching him out. He ran right on the field, and in that play, I believe he got a sack. Right. Uh, he just ran, ran right on the field, got in position, had a sack, you know, had previously been outside the fence, and now he is making a play on defense. Yeah, crazy. So but be ready uh, when you're called upon, right? Yeah, that's and that's what they were next man up. Thankfully, this week it wasn't necess- necessitated by in-game injuries, right. which we've seen in the past. We still, the team was still down some players. Thankfully, uh, you know, Kayla was back last week and got to play right. on Friday night. Um, Jaden was dressed, however, mm-hmm. he did not play. Uh, his brother Cam dressed, played sparingly. Yeah, only a couple snaps. Uh, but I Troy think. returned. Yeah, Troy big, had uh, a big, big night. Me up. Um, at, at his safety spot and wide receiver, and we'll get to talk about him in a little bit. But the the, the biggest one that's still out and still undetermined is Mason, right. the senior running back, returner, and cornerback. Hasn't played since uh, really the second quarter of week one. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, hopefully he can make his way back soon. Uh, the Bulldogs' next game is Friday the 16th, I think. Yeah, Friday the 16th. Um, yes. And... Uh, <laughs> It's against Cedar Crest, so that's who we'll be previewing in a little bit as we um, finish our discussion about the Bulldogs' 41-7 victory over McCaskey. Uh, but before we do that, let's uh, dive into our uh, announcements and housekeeping surrounding the show. Um, mostly, we would like to thank our sponsors, May Sandwich Shop and Small Player Big Play app. You heard the advertisement for the app uh, prior to the show, and we'll play it again for you at the end of the show, but definitely check them out on the Google and Apple app stores. They're a big supporter of our show, and they're a huge supporter of uh, high school and youth athletics around um, not just the county, but uh, this part of the state of Pennsylvania. And and actually, they've grown outside of the state. They've done uh, sports all the way out, I believe, in Indiana or Illinois. Wow. So they've been live streaming a lot of events, and it's something that you can be a part of, so definitely check out them on your smartphone or tablet app stores and uh also want to make sure we do thank our two anonymous donors we appreciate their support even if they don't want uh, their name out there we appreciate um their donations nonetheless and we really couldn't do it without um these sponsors so uh thank you very very much besides the sponsorships and advertising there's a few ways you can help us uh, in addition to the donations, uh, visit the website, bulldoghour.com. I've been putting links up for the live stream, so if you ever forget or can't find on the social sites or you don't use so- social media, you'll want to check bulldoghour.com for links to the weekly game live streams because that is the only way you're going to be able to watch these games. I don't anticipate any place that Wilson's playing letting in spectators that aren't well, possibly parents of the players. For the foreseeable future, that is Wilson. Correct. Right? Like, yeah. I, I, as far as I know, despite the change in the uh, capacity order, I do not believe Wilson is adjusting what they're going to be doing. So right. what was done for Mifflin and Penn Manor right. will be the status quo for this week against Cedarcrest and the following week against Hempfield. And I assume if Wilson would get to host a playoff game or any games in November after the playoffs, I do not expect there to be general admission. Right, and and I don't know, and I haven't heard this. I I assume District Three would kind of defer to the schools and the policies that they had had in place for months, you know, as opposed to PIAA District Three kind of changing thing. That's that's kind of been their stance all along. So I don't anticipate them really kind of putting something out there. But you know what I mean? Like right. I don't know. Uh, I'm right there with you. I don't. I think they're gonna. Defer but I like. To the I don't school. know. But like, yeah, that's a problem for the future. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what comes about that. But I do believe. Right. I think you're right that they're going to defer to the host school. So, our next live show will be a week from now on October 18th, and we'll recap the Cedarcrest game and then preview the Hempfield game. Um, the Hempfield game could set up to be a huge, huge game, not for just the Lancaster yeah. Legend League, but also in the district playoffs. Should both Wilson and Hempfield win this coming week, the Bulldogs hosting Cedarcrest and Hempfield tangling with Mannheim Township, that would set up a de facto Lancaster Legend League Section 1 championship game. That is the last week of league play, you know, a week from Friday, so a little less than two weeks from now, on October 23rd. 
if Wilson and Hemfield win this Friday coming up, both teams are undefeated in Section 1 play, only have the one non-league loss to start the season. The winner of that game would win Section 1 outright and be in position to probably probably be a top 4 team in the District 3 at the 6A level. So that will be a huge game. Wilson gets to host it. So, um, you know. Yeah, any hope either team would have of qualifying for districts requires a win that night. Um, and honestly, wins this week. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it could shape up to be a huge game in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. And it's just, you've got Wilson Connection. We've said that, you yeah. know, George Yeager is the head coach there. He's got them off to a great start. They, their only loss is to Exeter in the, right. the first game of the season, and that was an overtime on the road. And Exeter's only loss, I believe, is was to, to Mifflin to this Mifflin. week, and yep. we saw how that can happen. Um, yep. So, so it enough be, of that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> It should be um, an exciting showdown should Hemfield beat Manheim Township this week and should yeah, Wilson that, that's beat Yeah, that's a big if. Like, you, you never know. Um, you know, some surprising... Some surprising ways that games, other games, went around the league this week. Not necessarily in who ended up winning, but just kind of how the games unfolded. Um, not just in the league, but kind of in other leagues around the district as well. But I think some of that is you, you have some just crazy things happening this year, and I think sometimes it's high school football. Right. You know, crazy stuff happens in high school sports all the time. So yeah. Hempfield is hosting Mannheim Township as well because we had heard after we defeated the Blue Streaks that they were on the road for three weeks. Yeah. Well, this is week number three. Now, we saw them dismantle Cedar Crest uh, in Lebanon, 49-14. to 14. Then they, this is the Blue Streaks, they squeaked by Penn Manor yeah. this, this last week in Millersville. They were down 6 nothing at halftime. And they hold, had to hold on at the end as they had an interception either in or near the end zone to right. seal it for them. Um, probably we're looking ahead to that Hempfield game because they know it's a big one. Right. If they want any chance at making the playoffs, and theirs is a lot slimmer yeah, they need uh, than, a lot than of help. what we're dealing with, Township obviously has to beat Hempfield for that to happen. So they'll be on the road for a third straight week playing Hempfield, who is looking to have one of the better years uh, in recent memory, especially competing possibly for the league championship should they beat Manheim Township. So, yeah, Hempfield got a lot um, riding on these next two weeks, just like Wilson does. But we'll preview that game next week. We'll first have to talk about Cedarcrest, but before we even do that, let's finish the McCaskey discussion. So... We know Wilson won 41 to 7. Hopefully you enjoyed the stream that uh, JP McCaskey produced. My dad said it was pretty well done. Yeah. It was tied in I think with the announcer. It is. It is. Um only I only know that because he was referencing. So I was set up right outside of the press box so I could hear a lot of the discussion that was going on in the press box and he was saying like sometimes he would say things over the PA system and he's like that's not, well, really, there weren't fans there, you know, but like he said, it's so, because they don't have a fixed camera on the scoreboard, so he would say things like, you know, first and 10, three minutes left in the second quarter, and say the score, because um, people watching the live stream couldn't necessarily see what the scoreboard, or like, you know, time and situation were, so he would sometimes say those to kind of help cue in the viewer. So yeah, so and and it's, they have a great announcer. So yeah, Frenchie, yes. the former Reading yep. Phillies uh, announcer, and, and and the current Royals. Well, not this well, pastor, right, but yeah. like Royals announcer. Yes, and uh, he's got a great voice. He yes, really well during the game. And it was funny because someone said like, "Oh man, your voice is just perfect for this." And he's like, well, "Thanks, but I didn't have to do anything to get it." And he's like, <laughs> "I was kind of born with it." Like he, came, yeah, came naturally. Right, but we we know it's not quite as simple as just saying into the mic you got to know what to say and he does a fantastic job I, I believe it may have only been a single camera for the playing field but they i did think a good so. job following the action and they also had a camera on the scoreboard so you could see time down well, a distance nice, the score nice. At all times, okay okay so it was very well done that that is good and um because of the setup like their stands are high so you, while there may only be a single camera like you can get a good vantage point you know, if you have a, a good camera up there, which apparently, you know, obviously they probably do. Like, you know, it's not like it's a low angle to the field. Like, the way the stadium is set up, you can you can get a good angle there. Yeah, and uh, 
viewers at home had a better view than the Wilson JV team did. So, <laughs> yes, hey, yes. you got that going for you. At least they were virtually in the stadium. <laughs> so. All right, so um, let's watch a little bit of the game before we, um, we talk about it and do stats and get to our player of the game. So let me see if I can pull up the, the huddle game recap that they do. Uh, this will be from the Wilson vantage point, so we'll get to see a lot of uh, the important stuff, although we know after doing this for the last few years that they don't over, they don't always include every play that we want to see. Um, but, well, things started with a bang. That's uh, yeah. how the, the things got rolling. Um, the Bulldogs started really strongly. Um, yeah, good kickoff return to the 50-yard line. Yep. And, um, well, from there, it just took one play. Yeah. And uh, went to um, Gavin Leonard, the junior running back, filling in for the injured Jaden Jones and his right. brother Mason. And he took it 50 yards of the house. Yeah, there uh, were a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there were a couple times where he got, you know, it kind of got all crowded and not all right at the line of scrimmage. A couple times downfield and then walking the tightrope at the end, but he got in. Now, Wilson would drive a little bit on their second series, but eventually have to punt. However, the defense was so swarming that here you're going to see them set up and just destroy uh, the McCaskey backs, force a fumble, yeah. recover the ball, and then I believe within two plays um, take it into the end zone. Yep. That's how they went up. 14-0. Um, here you're going to see Spencer Tenga's return touchdown, which was yeah. great. You know He's back there still returning for Troy Corson, the normal returner, but he was just returning after a two-game absence. So they... Uh, they let Spencer back there, and, well, he showed why he was back there. Exactly. Uh, returning, I believe, 61 or 62 yards right for about the score. That, yep. um, so about two minutes to play in the first, Wilson's up 21 nothing. Yeah, which it's, it's a good thing, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little later, but it doesn't always happen e even when it's kind of expected. And right there you just saw Troy Corson's first touchdown reception. He has another one coming, I believe, right here. The first one put him up 28 nothing. And then uh, the second one would we thought would get him to the mercy rule. Unfortunately, the extra point was missed. It went 34 nothing at halftime. So the Wilson offense would have to come back in the third quarter and get another score, which they did on a really nicely thrown ball from quarterback Caleb Brown on a slant pattern to junior wide receiver Josh Drake. He gets into the end zone. The extra point is good. Wilson's up 41 to nothing, and uh, it was almost that was almost the final score. Uh, McCaskey offense really couldn't do anything against no. the Wilson defense. I think they had a grand total out here. It says on the screen here, 108 yards. Uh, it was right around that number on the stat sheet yeah. as well. So they really didn't do a lot. And I would say at least 20 or 30, maybe more of those yards came in the second half when right. there was nothing yeah. on the on When the we line. were running guys in from the other right. side of the fence. and like. Uh, and their only score came on a fumble recovery. It was yeah. not their offense. Right. So their offense right. was blanked by the Wilson defense. Uh, fumble recovery taken back for a touchdown was the only way McCaskey scored. We've talked about it, and I believe we mentioned it on the show last week, that Wilson historically starts slow on the road at McCaskey. Well, it's just it's such a different feel every year, any year. You know, it's just you go, it's, it's a big stadium. But, you know, not. it's the only game you play on grass. Not that that should have any effect, but you know what I mean. Like, it just, it feels different. And then when you go, and it's the first game they've played really with an empty stadium. Like, I know we haven't been playing in full stadiums, but, you know, I, they had their band there, but their band probably, what, maybe 40 or so members. But I, I think it was 50 or 60. Okay, but they're but... really spread out. Um, and that was it. There was no one else there. Yeah. I, they had cheerleaders there, but there were only like maybe 10 yeah, cheerleaders. There a or lot of them like it was, that was it. There was no one else there. Um, so it, it did kind of have, I don't know. It kind of had like a scrimmage type feel in the sense of like coaches could just, and I know they've talked about this and I've heard about it like in the paper from other people too. Um, how coaches can like make adjustments in play, like, you know, as opposed to, like, when there's lots of noise, you can't always say, like, hey, you know, move up on the line or whatever. Like, you can't, they won't always hear you. Like, this year, they pretty much hear you. On Friday night, like, they could absolutely hear, yeah, like, anything you were saying. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where uh, it was just a different feel. But they handled their business, and they, they did. You know, it wasn't, like, flawless by any stretch. Um, 
but they went in and did what they had to do and that was it was good to see you know we don't like you said we don't always get that um at McCaskey um yeah I mean 21 nothing in the first quarter that's more than we could expect for or hope for that's a great start and it wasn't just done with offense I mean obviously we got great return a big offensive play but then you had you had a putt block um eventually yeah like all of them all of them sorry all of them were contributing you got the explosives play on offense you had some nice throws and catches in the end zone um both of Troy's catch, touchdown catches were great. I know well, they were I, later I thought on. The but... first one was close. It yeah. wasn't when, I, thankfully, I got okay. a picture of it, and I was like, okay, he definitely had his. You know, they only need one foot with control, and right. he had a good three feet before he had at right. least a yard, if not two, before stepping out. It was clearly a touchdown. Now he was on the opposite side of me on the second one, and I don't think McCaskey agreed that he was in. Right and from the video, it's cl- I think it's close. Right, I couldn't see. That was the perfect. The second one was a perfect example of. Watching through the screen, it's hard to tell. You know what I mean? Like, right. I I couldn't tell in the moment. I knew it was close. I think it's hard because it, he's also, like, sliding, like, diving kind of out mm-hmm. um, or falling out. Like, so it's not like he is, like, there trying to, like, tap his toes necessarily. He's kind of, like, dragging. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he did a great job of making the catch and doing what you got to do. Um, right. To be fair, the the refs that were were in much better position to see, um, you know, whether he got his seat down than than we were from our vantage points. So, um, but yeah, like you got contributions on offense, you got contributions on defense, and you had some big plays in special teams. Like, I, hey, that's that's a good solid all around effort. Absolutely. Oh yeah, it was great. It was a great all around effort. They did a, a phenomenal job. Um, I like that as they kept bringing guys into the next level of guys were making plays too. Maybe not, you know, with the exact same, you know, level as, as the top guys, but there was, you know, when they were bring guys in, like you said, guys were coming in, they got a sack. They, you know, they were running to the ball. They were doing all kinds of things. And the defense that, you know, as they were switching through was still able to keep McCaskey off the board, which, you know, like you said, their offense couldn't really get anything going, but we also know like, that they could break one at any moment, you know. So like yeah. to to be able to make the plays, hey, and you saw that, that flash. Especially their quarterback was very shifty, yeah. very quick. Yeah. Uh, when he got on the move, he was he was yeah. moving. If you didn't get a body, right. run, He made a bunch of people miss. He made some people right. look foolish. And at that's times. where that's where we had to. When we got him in the backfield, if we made the tackle, we were good. Mm-hmm. Like and and we made the tackle more times more than often not. than not. Yep. A couple times he uh, was able to elude the tackler and, and you're in trouble. then you're like uh oh like we better get him at the next level because if he gets through that that middle level I, not that our guys can bring him down in in the, the back end it's just it's really hard at that point because you got you're in the open field at that point so um but yeah that, fortunately we were able to avoid any of that so Statistically, obviously Wilson's going to dominate this as well as they did on the scoreboard. First downs, Wilson had 11, then McCaskey 6, and I believe they only had maybe two in the first half. Yeah, probably. I know of one. I don't. They might have had It took them one. a while to get the first one. I know that. Uh, Wilson rushed for 229 yards, McCaskey 95. Wilson only threw for 55 yards, but most they didn't have to most of the time, yeah. and they still connected three times through the say, air Well, and four scores. I was going to say, 55 yards, but three of those were for touchdowns, yeah. so you'll take that. Uh, absolutely. Uh, they, um, 15 of passes were attempted, only five were completed, three of them for right. touchdowns. McCaskey, though, seven attempts, one completion total yards 284 to 106 um a lot of that though comes with short fields like mm-hmm. when you're when you're not giving up first downs like you're not taking over at your own 20 or your own 15 or anything so there aren't a lot of yards to necessarily be had each team had a turnover which was by fumble and led to touchdowns for both yeah. teams um even in penalties uh six for wilson for 50 yards 50 for fi- five for 50 yards for mccaskey McCaskey had the ball almost, almost twice as long as Wilson did. Uh, they held on to the ball, just weren't doing too much with it. And, of course, a lot of that came in the second half with the running clock. 
Uh, third down conversions, not great for either team. It's something that Wilson definitely needs to clean up if they want right. to uh, make some noise here at the end of the season and as the second season begins. Two of eight, but the defense did hold McCaskey to just one of 12. And Wilson was two of two on fourth down while McCaskey was 0 for 2. And again, we mentioned this last week, red zone opportunities. Wilson 3 for 3, and McCaskey didn't sniff the red zone. No attempts inside Wilson's 20 for the Red Tornadoes. So uh, all around, you know, pretty solid. Like we already mentioned, th- all three phases were really clicking, uh, which is I- ideal, especially for a road game at a place that you tend to start slow. Right, right. That other place that Wilson tends to start slow is Warwick in Lidditz, and we don't have to go there this year. I'm okay with so that. it's a positive. That's okay. Looking at individual stats, rushing-wise, uh, both Gavin Leonard and Caleb Brown carried the ball seven times, Gavin gaining 90 yards, Caleb 85. Both had rushing touchdowns as well. Troy also, uh, in his return, carried the ball four times for 21 yards. Passing, it was mostly Caleb Brown. He was 5 of 13, 55 yards, three scores with a long of 23. And receiving, it was mostly Troy, two for 34 yards, both of them touchdowns. So in his return, he gets both touchdown receptions. Um, Corey Powers had two catches for eight yards, and Josh Drake had one for 13, but it was the third passing touchdown. Uh, Defensively, uh, a lot of people playing, a lot of people mentioned here. Uh, and w- the one that actually led the way in tackles is a a backup and someone that we'll be hearing about a lot over the next few years. He's just a freshman, Ryan McMillan. Five tackles yeah. from his inside linebacker spot. Not a starter, but got plenty of time in the second half. He may have played almost the entire second half uh, and definitely was making a name for himself. In terms of guys that were there during the first half, uh, Eli Rodriguez and Corey Powers and Ethan Capitano all with Four total tackles, both Rodriguez and Capitano, multiple tackles for losses, and uh, East, uh, Cappy had three sacks yeah. and a blocked punt as well. That's so. that's a crazy stat line. <laughs> four sack, or excuse me, four tackles, three of which were for loss because they were all three sacks, and he also blocked a punt, and I think he was close on another one or two as well. Yeah, that, that's. That's crazy. You know, the, the player that just popped to mind when I'm hearing numbers like that is Austin Rosa. Like, just yeah. how he kind of... The came, amount of came, sacks that he accumulated right, in 13 right. and Right, and just some of those, like, big plays. He just, man. Yeah, th- th- that's just kind of what popped to mind there when you hear numbers like that. Yeah. Now, Justin and I had a discussion about player of the game. It was a, really a team effort. Like we said, it was all yeah. around very strong. Second um, week in a row where you kind of saw, like... Lots of contributors all over the place, which is a good. That's a good thing. It's absolutely a good makes thing it to have. Tough to decide, but it, it, it's, it made it's a good it really thing. tough because I, you know I feel like obviously um, running for a score and throwing three scores when you contribute four touchdowns, yeah. Caleb has to be in in the running. Yes. We talked about yes. him, uh, uh, Gavin having another big rushing game, almost a hundred mm. yards and a big rushing touchdown to kick off the scoring. Um, he was in consideration. Clearly, uh, Cappy also right, with, we uh, just with, about with that. that game, and uh, you know he already had a Player of the Week honor. Or he split it back in game game two at Township, um, and he clearly he definitely could have been the guy at McCaskey. Uh, he was a terror for McC- against McCaskey, and he was in the backfield every play. They could not block him. No, they did not know how to contain his speed and strength off the edge. Um, but the the guy we went with here is going to be. Senior wide receiver and defensive back Troy Corson making his return. Uh, he's a guy that was very important to the team over the last few years, and it's unfortunate that he missed the last two weeks. Um, obviously, we know he was itching to get back, especially last week when he was dressed, did not see the field. This week he comes back, uh, and he made it count. Uh, the two passing reception touchdowns for him in the first half um, getting to spend time on defense, where he really has made a name for himself. Not back in the return game yet, but his understudy uh, did him did him well with yeah. the return himself. So yeah. um, lots of options for player of the game, but we're going to go with Troy in this one uh, for his efforts. But again, great, great team win at Lancaster on Friday night. Yeah, and I hope we have plenty more of these difficult discussions because there's so many to choose from. That That's always a good problem to have. 
No, definitely. I like when we're like, oh, so many guys had good games. Right, who, yeah, so who many who guys pick? contributed. Who, who are we, we going to pick? So that's what we went with. Uh, feel free to disagree with us, but our word is final. <laughs> yes. All right, so um, let's preview our next game, which is game number five against Cedar Crest at Gursky. This coming Friday, October 16th, 7 o'clock kickoff time. It will be live streamed by Wilson Media Productions. So uh, pull up your YouTube app on your uh, smartphone, tablet, or, or your TV. television. Yeah, I know we were getting thing. that question some yes. this week. Most televisions, whether it's built-in, smart, or you're using an, a dongle or attachment from Google, Amazon, Apple, whoever, Roku, have the YouTube app. So... If you have any of those devices, you can watch the game on your television. Yeah, which you can, I know people were missing this last right, week. Right, you can log in and set it, and like, because the event, for all I know, it might be there already. If it's not, it will be later in the week, and you can just click and. If you subscribe to the Wilson Media Productions, it'll probably notify you. So. Yeah, you can sign up for those notifications for them because they not only do the football games, they were doing volleyball this past week, yeah, and they also do the school board. Right. They'll keep you in the loop for all all major things, Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> so, so you should definitely great, uh, subscribe to them. Yeah, if you aren't subscribed, subscribed already, it would be a great time to subscribe to them, especially at a time like this where that's your access for, for many people. And Matt Citrone does a great job overseeing yes. that, and then it's student, the students. student-led. You yeah. know, they, they're the ones on the cameras, in, yep. the, in the truck, helping with setup. So uh, it, it's definitely a great uh, activity for those to do. And um, we hope that uh, you all will join the stream this Friday night while Wilson hosts Cedarcrest. So let's talk about the Falcons a little bit here. Uh, this is Coach Rob Oldasson's seventh season to date. Um, entering uh, this season, Cedarcrest was expected to probably be um, middle of the pack in section one, um, and that's where they're fighting to be. Uh, they started with a loss to Mannheim Central, 41-6, to before rebounding beating McCaskey, 27-11. to But back-to-back -back setbacks to Mannheim Township and Hempfield, both at home, 14-49 uh, and 15-29, to uh, before traveling to Gursky this Friday. So and also that Mannheim Central team have they lost three, three in, in a row, row now yeah, since that? Row. So so Mannheim Central's only victory is over Cedar Crest, forty-one to six, back on September eighteenth, and then Mannheim Central went to Cocalico and lost thirty-five to nineteen. Went to Lidditz to play Warwick and lost forty-five to so fourteen. Listen, those are two really good football teams, and I don't think anybody's surprised that those are really good football teams. This other one. But a bit of a surprise. This past week, they hosted Solanco on senior night for the Barons and lost forty-two to thirty-five. Yeah, uh, they haven't lost three back-to-back -back games since like nineteen seventy. I was going to say, I know like you that. threw that stat out about two for Wilson, two in a row. You know, three in a row for Mannheim Central. It was back in the seventies, is what I read. And, and listen, Solanco, like I know that doesn't get a lot of they don't get a lot of play here in Berks County because they don't play a lot of Berks County schools right now. Um, in a couple of years, they will, but don't like you can't sleep on them. They they turned the corner a few years ago and kind of have been working their way back. Um, they're always in a tough spot because you always have Cocalco, um, you have Cocalco and Mannheim Central in your section, and um, sometimes Lampeter Strasburg and those schools too. Like, so they, section two can be so Lanco's only loss is the Lampeter Strasburg, who's right. undefeated at the moment, right? So, like. Section two in LL is no joke, and there are going to be some awesome games in there. Oh, and next for year years. they're adding Mifflin, right? And and maybe Wiser, or are they in section three? No, but Exeter, right? Oh, Exeter, right? Oh. Yeah, Exeter. So yeah, we'll cover the Burks LL merger stuff, which has been approved and is happening again. It doesn't happen in twenty twenty one. It's not till twenty twenty two. But obviously, we'll be talking about that in the future. Manheim Central should win the next two weeks, Conestoga Valley and Elizabethtown, right? To um end the season three and three, then who knows what's going to happen with game seven. If Wilson, if we don't make the playoffs right. um, because of a loss or because the power ratings don't math. break in our favor, right. 
we will play Mannheim Central on October 30th in Mannheim. Right. So there, that's still a potential. That's out there. We talked at the beginning of the year. We thought the odds of that were highly unlikely. Right. We weren't sure what to think about Wilson. We thought we were thinking on the cusp of district right. playoffs. Definitely a chance. Because of four teams. Right. If it was eight teams, we were, we were like, we're good. Right. Four teams makes it tougher. Mannheim Central, we were like, they're in. Right. Only because they're always in. Right. Like, they've always been in. Uh, so this is a little bit of a down year for them. Um, I thought they had rebounded nicely last year. They started really slow, yeah. slowly. Yeah. Uh, but when Wilson dominated them at Gursky, they then dominated they pretty then, much everyone else. Yeah, went on a tear, and I believe made it to the district semis, and where they lost to Warwick, right? Um, right. Who then lost to Cocalico in the championship game the next week. Right. So. A little bit of an uncharted territory for Mannheim Central, and we could see them the night before Halloween, depending on what happens over the next two weeks. Right. Hopefully not. Us. Hopefully not. <laughs> right. I don't want to play Mannheim Central this year, because if we do, it means that we didn't make the playoffs. Right. Uh, speaking of which, in no way have Justin or I ever thought of broaching the subject of, hey, is Wilson going to play games if we don't make the playoffs, or if we lose in the playoffs? No. That is on the table in terms of the PIAA and District 3. But I think they said they're going to allow games through Thanksgiving. Through Thanksgiving right? weekend, right. yeah. So, you know. Which, uh, separate, separately, that could provide a cool opportunity for some schools and for maybe for some of those big traditional rivalry games that, ha- well, yeah, that a lot couldn't of them take place this year. November 6th, November 13th. Right, like. That could be it. I know, and this is another tangent here, but um, District 11 has opted out of PIAA state playoffs, they correct? Have, they, yes. they are doing their own They're thing. just doing districts. Right. Like, when right. their district and playoffs like, are over, they're done. Right. And they're doing their district playoffs more, well, like almost everybody makes it like, or something Yeah, like they're ma- they're, they actually expanded the playoffs where right. like a whole bunch of I think of it's like 38 teams. out of 45 teams. Something now, like that, yeah. it's not like... I don't think it's one bracket. I think no, it's... No, 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 right, It's right. still split. That would, be, that would be That would be crazy. crazy. Like the Indiana State Basketball Tournament is still like that, I believe. There, there's no classifications. They're just, just straight up... Plays. Everybody plays. Oh, boy. Um, I feel like in football, you would, that would lead to injuries because of the type yeah, of I feel Yeah, like, I feel like you could split it and have like... If, Six and five, maybe, and then four and below. Like, even that, you're getting even pretty that, crazy. Yeah, I but think you're, yeah, maybe one, two, three, and four, five, six. Right, and that's just, but like, I, I just didn't, yeah, I didn't know what they know, had done. Yeah, District but. Eleven is out. We'll, we'll talk about playoffs in a, in a couple, well, especially two weeks following the Hempfield game if Wilson yeah. beats Cedar Crest and Hempfield. We'll we'll be waiting until that Monday the twenty sixth to find out the final power ratings. But I already have. My own calculation sheet, um, which I'm going to um, be working on hopefully tomorrow night. I was going to say uh, some some updates there yeah. with some unknowns and some variables. Well, let let's finish since we're we're a little early. Let's let's finish our Cedar Crest preview. We got off on yeah, a tangent yeah. there. We'll finish talking about Cedar Crest and then we'll talk about the district playoffs. Uh, so Cedar Crest six A, Rob Wildassen seventh season here, um, thirty five and thirty two, I believe. Um, is his career record, no, excuse me, 35 and 31 uh, in his seventh season as the Falcons head coach. Last year they were 7-4 and four and 3-3 three and three in Section 1. Um, they run a spread zone on offense, 4-3 defense, and uh, they have a couple key guys back. Um, they, they lost their main rusher, Tyler Cruz. He was a big guy in their mm-hmm. backfield last year. Uh, but Aiden Richards is a stud. He was a two-way starter or contributor last year at running back and inside linebacker. Uh, he's playing those positions again. This year he's only a junior. Um, he is one of the better guys um, there. Uh, their quarterback is back. Chris Dans returns, and he was a big-time passer last season. Um, the bigger problem for them is their linemen are kind of like at Wilson, are all gone, graduated, moved on. Uh, I think they have just one returning starter along the offensive line and Cole Pennington. So they've been trying to replace those guys. Um, you know, they were they were decent last year. Uh, 500 in Section 1, uh, 7 and 4 overall. Uh, made the playoffs, right? Made the playoffs, yeah. They lost mm-hmm. in the first round, but they, they were there. And uh, 
they're, they're, they're struggling a bit this year, um, just beating McCaskey. The, um, the, the, the strong quality teams that they've come up with haven't been able to do too much. But they gave Hemfield a game last week, 29-15, yeah. to 15, especially with the way Hemfield had rebounded after the loss to Exeter. Right. Hemfield had been taking it to Penn Manor and McCaskey. Um, couldn't get it completely going against uh, Cedar Crest. Again, uh, you know, it they was have, at Cedar right. Crest. So. And they have that big game looming next week against Township. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah, Maybe both teams were looking ahead to that showdown. Because right. that's a rivalry, too. They don't like each other. Right. So they were definitely both uh, looking ahead to that. Um, but, you know, th- this should, we said, kind of alluded to it last week, and we'll say it outright this week, Wilson should win this game. Yes. Like, there's no excuses, there's no reason that Wilson shouldn't be Cedar Crest, especially because it's at home. So you don't have to worry about a bus ride or distractions in that manner. Or players having to stand outside the stadium. <laughs> right. And uh, for all intents and purposes, or at least from the appearance of what we got after the game, people are getting healthy or are healthy, right. ready to play. Uh, because Jaden was dressed this week and his brother Cam played sparingly, both probably play this week a right. lot more than they did last week right. at least until things yeah you would uh, hope that they would progress that way like typically if we see guys dress one week you hope that they can work their way back in the next week unless there's a setback or something so like you know that would that would be the idea um and and you know i hope i hope it works out that way well that, that's that would what, be that would be big additions to get those guys that going. would also be my hope for for mason yeah yeah maybe he doesn't play or play much this right. Friday. but We're only on, like, one side of the ball. Right, like yeah, yeah, kind of like, um, well, Troy played both sides, but he didn't right. do play in the right. return game. But Mace, maybe Mason dresses this week, right. and maybe he only plays cornerback, or he only plays running back. Right. It would be nice to see him get back into game action since, you know, near near the end of the second quarter against Mifflin. Right. It would, it would be really nice to have him back. Um, but with Caleb back, Troy back, likely having Jaden and Cam full go, uh, People are getting healthy, and I know uh, Hassler was back this week yeah. as well. Yep. Um, hopefully, Jack Dendel is, is good to go, yep. so that they have the good, uh, the full offensive line and uh, key um, pieces there. But much better than three weeks ago after the Mifflin game, and we were just like, "Man, who's playing at Township?" Because we're missing a lot of guys. Right. Right. So, anything else to say about McCaskey or Cedar Crest before we finish out with some no, district just, talk? No, just like last week where they, they went out and handled their business from the start. That's what they need to do this week. Um, not going to be the same as, as last week, but like you said, if, if they go out and they do what they're supposed to do, I'm, I'm confident in that we'll get the desired outcome. So, All right, so I'm going to pull up here the current District 3 power ratings for 6A. And again, it's tough because there's only two games left before the playoff seating starts. Um, so this is not final. Don't panic because Wilson's not in the top four. There's two games left and a lot will happen with those two games to go. Um, so let me see if I can get this on my screen here so that everyone can see it. Uh, see it with me. All right. Where is 6A? Okay, here we go. All right, so you should be able to see it now on your screen if you're watching the show along with us. Where just one game played, Harrisburg does sit at the top based on the formula. Central Dolphin 2, 3-0. Central York and William Penn both 4-0. Wilson there at the fifth spot, 3-1. A little bit of a ways back from spots 2, 3, and 4. Again, I've run these numbers throughout the season, not including Harrisburg, because when I started this, they were not playing. And Wilson, should they went out, likely to make the top four. In order to move up and host a game, they would probably need some chaos in the York League, because both Central York and York William Penn do not play each other in the regular season because when they were supposed to play is the first week of the district playoffs. So that game essentially becomes a playoff game, yeah. That's unfortunate in terms of schedule. It would have worked in our favor had they met earlier in the season. I don't anticipate William Penn losing the rest of the year. If they were going to lose, it was going to be It was probably going to be Friday night where they were down to Red Lion but came back and won. Central York has been a juggernaut. And I don't see them losing based on the schedule. Yeah. So I just, uh, 
I, I feel, and I said this two weeks ago, that I think both Central York and William Penn will be undefeated entering the playoffs. When power ratings end, I think they'll both be 6-0. and I also fully anticipate Central Dolphin to be undefeated at 5-0. and uh, They started a week after us, the mid-pen. So 5-0 and and two 6-0s. Should Wilson win out and sit at 5-1, and obviously that means they would have beat Hempfield, who would be below us. Um... And if, if Hemfield's hanging around there, that means they beat Township, so they'd be below us. I don't see Dallas Town and Carlisle catching us. And that's pretty much it. So really, there's six teams in the running for these spots, but Wilson and Hemfield have to play each other, so one of those will be knocked down, and that leaves Harrisburg. And like I said, a few weeks ago when I started my calculations, Harrisburg wasn't playing. Then they announced they were playing. But I said, I was like, well, they can't play four games before the cutoff. Apparently, there are no rules in terms of how many games you can play in a certain number of days, and they are trying to schedule four games within a three-week period. So they already played this Friday at Burks Catholic and destroyed the Saints, yeah. uh, putting up over 60 points. Now, Burks Catholic is a 4A team, so they don't get as many power points um, as they would beating a 6A team. And they currently do not have any teams scheduled this week or next week, on any day of the week. They would like to play this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the following Tuesday, and then that Thursday, Friday, or Saturday as well to get three games in before Monday, October 26th, which is the power ratings deadline. You have to play four games by Monday, October 26th. They currently have one and have no more scheduled in this time frame. However, if they schedule them and win and get enough power points, they will be eligible for the postseason, which... Um, is worrisome if you're a Wilson fan. I mean, just yeah. is. I don't know how else to say it. Um, if Wilson goes five and one, and Harrisburg finds enough games and goes four and zero, oh, it's likely that Wilson is the odd man out. Yeah. So, uh, I'll know a little bit better once I do the calculations. Uh, I can't really do much with Harrisburg because I don't know who they're playing. I can't put in power points. The, the power rating they have right now is what they'll have. Until they find or play another game. Um, but if they don't get to four games, their rating will become moot. And they'll be dropped. So, you just have to pay attention to what's going on with Harrisburg. Are they going to find three games in the next two weeks? Do they win all those games? And, I mean, if, if they look as good as they did against Burks Catholic, I would say that's probably highly likely. Um, you know, then, then, then things become a, a bit of an issue. But... You can only play the games, the teams that are on your schedule and what's in front of you. And uh, Wilson's got to take care of business against Cedarcrest this week, following by Hempfield the next week, to win the section title outright. The winner of that game could win the section title outright, especially if Hempfield beats Township this week. Then both Wilson and Hempfield can fly a flag all by themselves, not have to worry about sharing it. No right. co-champion. So that's where we're at in terms of district playoffs. Right now, Wilson's on the outside looking in. There's a good chance that they take care of the business they'll be in, depending on what happens with uh, the Harrisburg team. Right, which, again, we have we have no control over that. So we, we have to do what we can do. We have to win our games um, and just hope for the best. That's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, there's no real other way to uh, slice it. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really know what else to say. It's kind of a wait-and-see approach. Right. I know um, their, the Harrisburg head coach, uh, Everett, is also the athletic director, so he's been scrambling to get not only the football team but a variety of the other fall sports teams. Well, games. we know like it, it's not easy for teams to, to, schedule, to schedule games. Now, it's, it's a little different for Harrisburg because they're a 6A school, possibly. You know, like it could be favorable for some schools, but... Um, we we saw here in Berks County firsthand. It's it's tough for some schools to fill in their schedules with with others. Um, you know when when you're good, right? Because there are a lot of teams that want no business with that, um, and that's un that's unfortunate. Like I feel I feel bad. Like it, it's a weird position because obviously I want Wilson to make the playoffs. I feel bad for the Harrisburg kids. Because they 
Right. Well, I mean, this they is, have it, it's everywhere. They have nothing to do with what's of what going we on. Talked and, about right. at McCaskey, like right. The football yes. team it, it, has it is very, nothing to do right with well, what and, was going on. Friday and how night. many people were like? Not, we heard it's not like there were a ton, but a number of people, McCaskey people, who approached Wilson people. disagreed and with and what was and like happening. and like a po- like they were like apologetic and were like, look, like we know it wasn't we're, your fault, right? We're like it, it's it is what it is, you know. Like, um, we'll we'll deal with it. We know like that you you know here working this wasn't your doing is you're just you're just doing your job like that's that's fine like yeah because um the things that we would have to mention now to, to, now to be about, fair they might not get that response from everybody there might be people who take it out on those well, people and that's well, that's that's certainly just not as what ridiculous we to do. Right. Yeah. um that's certainly not what we wanted to do but um we're we're towing the line of things that i would never talk about on this right podcast right, in right. terms of government bureaucracy and <laughs> politics because uh, that's what that's what's control what's controlling what's going on um with the lancaster school district and right. what mccaskey yeah. athletics has to deal with right. um in their extracurriculars so uh, it is what it is uh, they, right. yeah th- the amount of people that came up and were like this is you know this isn't right this isn't fair and we're just like yeah, it, everyone's going through stuff like this no one's holding it against you. We're having it a football game. We're having a football game, and we're going to make the best of it. Don't right? get me so. wrong. Like Coach Dom said, it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it has nothing to do with the McCaskey coach, the McCaskey players, the McCaskey athletic department, the extracurricular. Like, <laughs> they're, get, they're taking their rules, their guidelines from a higher power. Right. They're following their, their bosses. Or what they're their, told to do. Right. Exactly. So, so it is what it is. Right, you know, it's over with. It's done. Right. We're moving on. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because by this weekend, like if Harrisburg doesn't have a game, then they're still looking for three in a week's time. Yeah, I, I just I don't see that happening. Th- their biggest well, issue... like it's hard enough to schedule teams for Friday nights. Right. Th- their biggest issue is. Finding a Tuesday game in between the Friday games, yeah. of which they don't have yet either. Right. This would be a lot more, from a Wilson standpoint, of making the playoffs without a road bump. It'd be a lot more worrisome if they already had the two Friday schedule. And they just need to pick up and a they Tuesday. And Tuesday. Right. Maybe they could convince someone to, to show up and play. Right. But they have to find three, and it's going to be tough to do that. Um, really, they're going to be waiting to hear what games are getting canceled because of COVID. Right. Like, they're going to be on... and then, But then, the other thing that's going against them is that they are a big, bad team. Like, they are incredibly talented. Right. So, if you have teams that are, like, looking to make the playoffs, they're not going they're, to want to yeah, play Harrisburg they do, because no. they're probably, probably most not likely, going to win. They're mostly, like, not like not going to win. Exactly. Right. So, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be rough. It, it's going to be rough. And like you said, like... It's unfortunate for their student athletes that the district put them in that situation. Right. I know Coach Everett is doing the best job that he can. I hope they can get more games. They have games lined up in November uh, against Mannheim Township and mm-hmm. Cumberland Valley, awesome. where they normally would play. So there are games that the kids will get to keep playing, but the district stole an opportunity right. for them to outright make the playoffs without there being all these scheduling issues. Right. So it's disappointing when when student athletes, well, students in general, it doesn't have to be athletic right. purposes, and get screwed over by people that are supposed to be looking out for them. Right. And that right. D- doesn't happen everywhere. Right. So, yeah, uh, I did get before we finish with our small player big play ad. I did get a text from one of our anonymous donors saying that he believes if Harrisburg doesn't get the right amount of games, he thinks based on his calculations that Wilson. Could jump to the three. Whoa, that would be. Now that would be I will big. point out that he's also the person that told me first last year that Wilson was going to jump Township for the <laughs> yeah. one seed. I. So this yeah. isn't coming from someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. Right, right. And um, remember that was. That was that was big news. He clued us into that. I, that's when I was like, I got to do my own file. Right, like, I got to right, figure right. it out. And then. On his lead, basically, I took it a step further right. and published it, and I got a lot of responses about it. One, people calling me crazy. Right. Spoiler, I wasn't crazy. Spoiler, I was right. I was right. And then I had people from 4 and 5A being like, can you do that for us? Right, right. And I was like, do you know how many 
hours that took me to do because, and we talked about this last year, I have to take, from a Wilson perspective, I have to take Wilson, all of their opponents, and then the opponents of their opponents <laughs> to get everything. So you talk start with one school, and last year was 10 games. That's 10 opponents who I didn't need 10 more of their opponents. Right, right. But that that's for each team. Right. So, like, it adds up quickly. I had a file, I think, that had, like, 72 different team schedules. And that was just to calculate District 3, 6A. Now, I was pretty close. I had a lot of 5A done. Because yeah, but you overlap. have to break. You have to break because York Protect didn't play anybody. That, <laughs> I had to include was... them, though, this year because they are in. The, they had won a game. Because last year they hadn't won a game. They hadn't so won a game, matter. and they didn't play anyone, right? Like, right they didn't yeah, it play didn't, There anyone. was no crossover. No, I had to calculate this year Delone Catholic and York Catholic and Biglerville. Oh, yeah, because uh, so York is all playing within York, I think. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, th- there was some crossover there, but... I didn't actually didn't end up doing any of Burks except uh, Wilson and and Mifflin, but then Mifflin I didn't have to go out even farther because there wasn't as much overlap. It's it's a whole thing, but I redid yeah. it for this year and I'm gonna edit it uh, tomorrow night or Tuesday night just to get caught up with this past week's games and you know with schedule changes and things like that. Well, let's and, just say I hope he's. I I would love to find out if he's right. I yeah. I'd love for that to be right. Yeah, I, and it depends on if things are, are screwy with, like, if District 3 makes a change that they're not telling anyone. Like, I was off on a few of mine because they weren't counting one of the opponent's losses to Baldwin out in the Whippeal earlier this year. It was Holidaysburg lost to Baldwin, but that number wasn't included in the power ratings. And then me and the the uh, the contact were talking about, are they only counting, like, against District 3 teams? And I was like, no, because State College counts for a lot of the, the mid-pen teams. Right. So we, we couldn't quite figure it out. So maybe he's cracked the code. I'll have to take a look at it. But know that it's something that I'm looking at, keeping an eye on. It worked out really well last year, both in our favor, Wilson being the one, and also me getting the calculations right um, based on the, um, the the info from from our contact. What week so, was it where you pu- were able to publish that? I believe it was week – was it right after the Warwick game? So like it was almost exactly a year ago, which because we yeah. beat Warwick a year ago now, like tonight. Like goal, we were, goal line stand, man. Um, coach Dom's won his 152nd game as head coach on a that goal line nuts. stand with a whole bunch of alumni in attendance to watch. With the big game the next night, the, with the flag football yeah. game the next night. So yeah, couldn't write that any better if I tried. Right, and thankfully that was last year. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh gosh, don't even. Yeah, I don't even want to think about. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it was either right after the War of Game or maybe one week later. Okay. I can't remember. So it was about a year ago where I did the file, went through it, and I was like, wow, he was right on the money. Because um, I had to, pre- you have to predict all the games then. Not right. just for you, for everyone right. in the file. Right. You need to predict the rest of their games. So you're guessing who's going to win the games. And, uh, you know, once you get down to one week, because this is, I think when it really caught wind, wasn't the week we jumped them. It was that we were going to stay there. I think yeah. that was the big thing. It was right. after week because, nine. Because everybody was yelling, Wilson still has McCaskey on their right. schedule. And it didn't it matter. It didn't because matter. It it's already in. included. Right. It's already included. So, yeah, people were really, really upset or happy or confused. Mad at you over right. you <laughs> calculating something. Right. Right. Um, Township beat them head-to-head. How can that be? Well, it has, really has nothing to do with that until you get the tiebreakers. It's all strength of schedule. And Wilson was propped up because the people they're playing in non-league were incredible. Right. Central CD Dolphin, and, Governor Mifflin. And Springford. Springford. All of which went, I think, like 9-1 and one or 8-2. I and think two, all and won, won, their, their, won their league. Right. All of them won their league. So, you know, that that's um, why strength of schedule is included. Um, sometimes that helps you. Sometimes it hurts you. But, yeah, that was fun last year, too. Uh, Especially when they were coaching real direct messaging me, like, can you do that for 4A or 5A? Um, I mean, I could, but I'm not going, I'm not going to. So I'm sorry. Um, as much as I'd like to help, especially like the Burks team. You just reply, I could. That's it. <laughs> I could, but I'm yes. sorry, I'm not. Could spending. you do that for 4A schools? I'm not. Yes. And especially 5A has so many schools. Yeah. Like, yeah. No way. No way. Sorry. All right, we're going to wrap up this episode. Quick play, uh, our second advertisement from Small Player, Big Play.
Small Player Big Play app, the all sports social media app for young athletes. Live stream events for your friends and family who can't be there. At home or at work, they can watch your streaming on their phones or on TV by using a mirroring device or AirPlay 2. Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today. All right, and again, we thank our sponsors, Small Player Big Play, May Sandwich Shop, and our anonymous donors. All right, Justin, you got anything else to add before we wrap up episode 10 of our sixth season? No, it's just, um, you know, don't, we, we spend some time talking about, you know, things out of our control, but um, hopefully the players can, can stay focused and, and move on to Cedar Crest and handle their business this week, um, you know, and just, Go out and, and try and win this week's game. That, that's all we really need to worry about right now, and the other stuff will take care of itself. Yeah, much like we talked about last week, a week ago, take care of business at yeah. McCaskey. It's time to return home, take care of business against Cedar Crest, and uh, you're in the driver's seat for what comes down the pike, especially should Hemfield beat Manheim Township this week and set up your uh, league championship game. Yeah. And you get another banner, you get the plaque, because um, you're outright league champs. You've got a lot to be happy about, especially if people were counting you out after week one. Yeah. And then here you are rebounding, possibly set yourself up to be champions and then maybe make the playoffs and play yeah. in that second season. It'll be fun. So, yep, a lot to look forward to. And, again, we'll be back in a week's time to recap that game and get you ready for the next one. So, until next time, remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.